Welcome to the Metal Hammer Podcast, episode 60. You're right there, Elle. My throat feels dry. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Summer's out, everyone's toasty. Are you drinking a cup of tea? Yeah. What? What's up? With, it's hot. What are you doing? Got any caffeine. <sighs> Don't understand you people. Uh, in case you haven't realised, I'm Mel. I'm here with Elle and Alice. How's it going, friends? Good. Yes? Yeah, good. Apart from my water not being cold enough. Oh, fucking diva straps in the corner right there. (laughs) Um, You went to see Papa Roach. I did. One of, I think it's fair to say, the best live bands going. They were brilliant. Living new metal legends or former new metal legends. I always love seeing Papa Roach, like genuinely, legitimately always. Like they've been one of the bands that I've loved since I was a teenager. And they're one of those bands that you've sort of, we've all kind of grown up with a little bit, or, you know, listened to in the new metal days, maybe strayed away, maybe come back again. And I never strayed away. Well, I'm just saying some people might have strayed away. <laughs> it's possible that that could have happened. Isn't Fine. It? Fine. So, yeah, they were great. Nothing more played first. Ah. Yes. The bands who never seem a good fit supporting any other band ever. Yeah, and you know what, they are... And that's not an insult, by the way. No, it's just that they don't really fit into anything, because they're sort of heavy rock, aren't they? You know, you sort of put them... Heavy, with... eccentric rock. Yeah. Played with no shoes. No shoes, and he had no shirt, and half of his body was covered in black body paint. For a minute, I was like, oh, has he blacked out half his body, like with ink? But then you could see it coming off, so it was definitely paint. Oh. Um, but no... <sighs> It's a weird one. It's a weird one with them. I definitely think Papa Roach are more of a fit with them than many other bands because they've kind of got that, again, that sort of radio rock thing, those big vocal melodies. There's something about it didn't quite click last night. I don't know if it's because they're tired from being on tour, like Johnny, the singer. You could see him fiddling with his earpiece and at some points he wasn't really hitting the notes. Um, but they were putting a lot into it. They, you know, they were kind of do, doing a show. Yeah. And it was sort of that weird thing as well where Papa Roach had taken up a lot of the stage, so they were kind of in a corner. Where was it? It was Kentish Town Forum. Right, okay. Which is London venue. It's like 2,000 capacity or something, isn't it? Something like that, yeah. It's sort of big enough for a bit of a stage show. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, they were kind of sort of slightly in the corner a bit. It's 2,300 Kentish Town, so it's pretty big. Um... And yeah, they were giving it a lot, but I didn't really feel a lot from it. I think it was just all slightly off. The sound was slightly off. His voice was slightly off. They had this weird thing, and I don't know, I've not seen them since last year, and that was on the download um, Zippo acoustic stage. So I can't remember the last time I saw them do a plugged-in set. Can you? No, no. I have seen them, but I can't remember where. I've seen them at quite a few... It's always supporting a band and they yeah. always feel like a bit of a novelty. So they had this mechanical arm instrument, so it was kind of like a drum kit with a mechanical arm on it. And then Johnny would go up there and sing and he had like a vocoder and one of those effects boxes that kind of makes dubstep effects happen. So I thought it was kind of admirable they were trying to bring something to it that was a bit more unique and a bit more of a show. Um, because it was definitely something more to look at and it made them stand out more as a support band. But generally it just felt like everything wasn't quite gelling, like the elements were there, but it just didn't feel quite right. And that's a bit of a rubbish explanation. <laughs> but it just felt like, yeah, things were the slightly Yeah, slightly not quite working. I don't know whether it was just an off night or if, you know, it's having problems hearing or quite what it was, but it wasn't as good as it could have been. But 
you know, they they brought a, a weird mechanical arm vocoder. They, <laughs> yeah, what have you ever done? They, uh, <laughs> they put a lot into it. They were going for it. I think, I don't know what it was. Just didn't quite seem right. But wow. I wouldn't write them off yet because, like you said, they've been doing the rounds. They've had some decent support slots. It kind of feels like they could be a thing but I'm just not sure at the moment kind of still where they sit and who mm. they're playing for and that kind of thing not sure wow. about it luckily that wasn't the whole story of the evening I imagine Papa Roach were great I was <laughs> going to say that absolutely loved every minute of it really great show uh, they came on this is very bold they came on and opened with Last Resorts nice yeah wow confident I should, I should say as well this was the first of two nights so 2,300 capacity times two. I think last time they played Brixton, did they? Last time they came over? Th- yeah, a, they did. Sounds a bit yeah, like, yeah. oh, they're not doing Brixton, but actually two nights at the Forum is basically the same as Brixton. So I'm not sure kind of why they went that route, whether a date was added afterwards or booking or whatever. Safe for booking, isn't it? Yeah, safe for booking. Anyway, they were great. Jacoby came out and he was wearing this Union Jack jacket. Wow. Which, which I'd been told about before by their PR. She'd shown me a photo and she was like, someone's brought it to the venue for him, but I'm not sure if he's going to wear it. I think it was a clothing company had done it. And he came out in it, which was quite cool. Wow. And uh, apparently he'd been calling it the Union Jacoby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, they came out with Last Resort. Which I love Jacoby, but that's rubbish. That's a dad joke, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But they, yeah, they came out and it was really strong with Last Resort and everyone was just going for it and it looked great as well they had an extra member who's been touring with them for a while which is um, Anthony Esperanto which is Tobin's brother so cool. that was cool um, and he was doing everything he had keyboards guitar drums and it actually really did bulk out the sound and not I think, once no <laughs> I mean like he was actually though like really caning it he was doing like a really really good job um, so yeah, Tobin's the bassist and Anthony is his brother and that kind of made the sound really full and I think I have seen them with him before but he was like classic, you know like Biffy Clyro style, they have a guitarist but sort of put them in the back yeah, yeah, and they brought yeah. him forward now and he's got his own podium and stuff and they made more of a thing of it. So if, if the sound felt really big, it was very great sound, like really clear, really big, really full. The lighting was amazing, which I know you're not keen if people mention lighting you're always like oh if they talk about lighting it means there's nothing good to talk about but the lighting's worth mentioning did I say that? I think so yeah the, lighting, sure? the lighting's worth mentioning I don't that I feel like you said it once <laughs> the lighting's worth mentioning Maybe. it was brilliant they just had spotlights everywhere and they had these really cool sort of like um, probably did say light, lighting <laughs> poles I don't know lighting around the stage that looked really good Cool. And the lights were nice. The lights were nice. And it, <laughs> it just looked like a really good big show. It looked like a Brixton show or a Wembley show. It looked like special um, mm. and cool. Um, everyone was singing, like I said. They had a lot of the hits they played, kind of, you know, um, like so they opened with Last Resort. They played a lot from a spread of the albums. They, he did quite a bit of talking as well. He kind of talks because, you know, he's very open about his rock star background and the fact that he, like, basically did drugs and slept with women, but now he's really... Sort of slept with women? Slept with women. <laughs> Unforgivable. <laughs> but now he's kind of, you know... do you think he is? Now he's kind of a family man and he's, like, you know, he's sort of spoken about how he repaired his relationship with his wife. So there was a little bit of that, kind of a little bit of sort of slight therapy talk in it, but not loads of it, just, like, a little bit. 
he played Hollywood Whore and then he did the speech about how he wrote it and at the time he was like talking about his Hollywood Whore and then he was like and a couple of years later I realised the Hollywood Whore was me <laughs> so fucking hell but I actually yeah. thought I actually think Jacoby can get away with it because that's who he is. He's I, very, think he's an, I, I, his I genuinely think he's are, a modern metal national treasure. Like I do as well. Him. And he can get away with it because his lyrics are very on the nose. There's no fucking about, you know, exactly yeah. what they're talking about. And he's very honest about his journey that he's been on and he was, you know, messed up and he had this, you know, came from this broken home, or whatever, and he did There's things. Like that. <laughs> 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 a song about it. They played that and it was great. And Good. he did all these things and now he's come back and he's sort of come through it and a lot of it's about sort of coming from the darkness into the light and I think he can really do that well because it does feel like it's genuine with him and it's sort of on the right side of cheesy. Um, and it was just really fun. They've got so many hits. There was not a time when I was bored. Every song was great. Everyone was singing. Everyone was having a good time. It was a good rock show. Good. And Big ups, Papa Rose. Yeah, basically. I would just see them over and over again because it was just brilliant. Are you going again tonight? <laughs> Having said that, <laughs> sorry, that was on. I can't go tonight. That Two was really unfair. I would if I wasn't busy doing something very important that I don't want to not do. I would definitely go and see them again because it was genuinely brilliant. And like you said, he is a national treasure. He is um, statue of Jacoby outside the. And it was nice, at the, at the end they played a couple of Infest, they played Broken Home and was it Between Angels and Insects or Infest? I can't remember which one. It was song. like a sort of mini encore of, I didn't write the songs down because so I was having too much fun. It was like a mini encore of Infest and um, you know, they don't, the nice thing about them is they don't rely on those songs, you know, like no, so they open with Last Resort and they finish with a couple of them so it's sort of a nice nod to nostalgia. But they've got so many other hits they can draw on and they actually played quite a lot of the new record which is not my favourite record but it was kind of cool to see those songs, Who Do You Trust, and a couple of the other ones kind of live, because I think it does bring them to life a bit more when you see them live, and you kind of think, yeah, actually, maybe I'll get into this. Excellent. I'm just rambling now. It was really I'm good. I'm glad you had a lovely time. I did have a really, really good time. <laughs> I d- really did. Well, speaking of good time, lads, uh, <laughs> the next World Guitar Day has been officially announced. Are you excited? What are, you getting, what are we getting each other for World Guitar Day? I can't play the guitar. <laughs> I can. I think I could. Pick. I could. I could still probably bash out "Sweet Dreams" but I'm not the version. I've yeah. got a guitar, but it's been pretty much it. sitting in the corner since I was a teenager. What you never bothered learning? Oh, it's a bit awkward. It was a. It was a <laughs> gift from somebody who at that. We time talked about this last week. How most music journalists are very good at well, music. <laughs> it, was, it was a gift from somebody at the time. It was a very lovely gift, and then we parted ways, and I felt a bit awkward about playing it. So smash it up then. No. Then just we'll sell, sell it. it. No. What are you, you just got a dusty guitar sitting around somewhere. At some point I might play it. Yeah, sure you will, well. Sure you will. <laughs> uh, but yeah, September Saturday, September 21st is the next World Guitar Day. Um, Metal Hammer, all our buds at Future, uh, Guitar World, Total Guitar, lots of awesome guitar magazines that are kind of sister mags here. We'll be doing a ton of stuff around it, so it should be jolly good fun. Even so though I can't play. Put the date in your calendar so you can look at your dusty guitars in the corner and lament not playing them, everyone. Even though I don't play, <laughs> I do like guitarists who play guitars. Good. I Me like, too. I like music that They're comes from They're my favourite kind of people that play guitars. <laughs> oh, Alice, do you have a guitar? Yeah, I have two. Can you play them? Not really. I tried to teach myself as a teenager, and I keep trying to sell them, like thinking, oh, I'll sell those, and then not getting around to it, so... I need to do that. Wow. We're all rubbish. We should all do a lesson. <laughs> yeah, I've still got my guitar day. somewhere. 
Should we all do a lesson for World Guitar Day? We'll bring them in and try and learn something. Well, we challenge ourselves to all learn a song that we can play together by World Guitar Day. I like the challenge. Is it going to happen? <laughs> it's just going to um, be like smoke on the water, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, what do you guys think of Sweet Dreams by Manu Hansen? <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> or Come As You Are by Nirvana. Okay. Can play that? <laughs> bow, 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 bow. Well, if you're going to give your lunch times up to us to teach us, then I'll do it. I, I ain't teaching shit. <laughs> what else is going on in the world? Motionless and White have two new singles out. They do. We listened to those last night for the purpose of talking about them on this very podcast. <laughs> I listened to them this morning. Um, yeah, me too. Where are we all at with Motionless and White? What do you guys think of them? Or how do you, do you have thoughts on them before this point? Thoughts? Um, well, I guess like about five years ago six years ago everyone was very excited about Motionless and White they kept coming over here and doing support slots with bands there was a buzz about them they were going to be the next big thing and you kind of watch them and like yeah I sort of see what they're doing they're kind of like drawing on Marilyn Manson they're doing the spooky thing a bit they've got some songs people are responding well kind of around the same time as Crossfaith maybe and sort of some of the, those other bands where uh, Halcyon Days where you're Halcyon Days what did I just say fuck me forget I said that <laughs> So yeah, they were kind of like building and building and building. And then, you know, they've kind of done some solid shows and some solid stuff, but they haven't exploded in the way that I thought they would. Do you know what I mean? No, yeah, I agree. Um, and the last album... I loved It Really was too excited about. I really liked that. And then, yeah, the last album was rubbish, I thought. I thought it was obviously done tongue-in-cheek, but just came out a bit weak. Like some of the lyrics and some of the stuff that was on it, it was kind of meant to be funny, but... I thought it fell a bit flat, if I'm honest. Fair. Thoughts, Alice? Um, I'd never, ever really paid them much attention <laughs> until I listened to their two new tracks, and I felt like it was all right, probably better than I expected. Really? Yeah. Um, but just kind of, I don't know, a mix of late 90s, new metal stuff. So I think... I know there's nothing new to it really. It was just like mm. aspects of like corn, nine inch nails, Marilyn Manson, like yeah. all that kind of stuff all in one. They've always been quite derivative, I think, even at yeah. their best. Um, and like I said, I really liked Reincarnate, but that in itself was kind of a mismatch of a lot of what their influences were. There's like a Rob Zombie song on there, there's a Marilyn yeah. Manson song on there, there's a Five Finger Death Punch song on there. Um, and then the last one, they kind of tried to go like almost like full goth. Yeah. It didn't really work. Mm. Uh, I do quite like these songs though. I think Disguise is good. It's a bit more classic. I thought it was a club banger. A club banger. And I also <laughs> like the creepy music box thing that it opened with. Yeah, that, that was, cool. was good as well. Always a nice touch. I thought Brand New Numb had a bit more of like a glammy stomp. Did you think it. it was exactly like Disposable Teens with a different singer? Yeah, well, not that different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's got that kind of like like Manson bringing the glam rock into it's the industry. It's definitely Disposable Teens to me. Um, I yeah, like definitely. these songs a lot more than the last record though I thought they've got something about them they've got a bit of momentum and they've got I don't particularly mind if there's a good band that wears their influences on their sleeve no not you at know, all. If, if you're drawing from those things there's a ton of people that won't have heard those records growing up and you can do a new spin on something so I didn't I thought the songs were like I said you could kind of have them on in a club and they'd be good I don't love them with my whole heart but I think they're better than the last record they're pretty decent yeah I agree with that you know. I thought it was interesting that they, uh, the, the promo shots they've got, because last time round, uh, Chris Motionless kind of went, do you remember when Davey Havoc went full Davey Havoc? Yeah. And he had like the big eyelashes and the purple yeah, yeah, yeah. tinged fringe and stuff. I feel like Chris went like full Davey Havoc with the look. He, like, he looked fucking amazing. He was like super made up, like glittery, sparkly, 
and now they all dialed it back a bit and they're all wearing like do you call those like varsity jackets yeah do you know what I mean yeah. like those kind of American yeah. sporty yeah. jackets like baseball jackets yeah exactly yeah. And I know, it's they're all kind of doing that thing and they've all got matching things so it's a bit like a little, little bit of a new look mm. um, I feel like Motionless and White are one of those bands like you said they from kind of the class of five, six, seven years ago where Warped all had all those shiny metal bands on it and now the scene's moved on and I think Motionless and White need to put up or shut up really. They, they're one of the bands you could see just falling back into like, are oh, they here to do the underworld again? Exactly, just know, come round and round and round. Which is but a small venue in London. He's talked from. about their image quite a lot um, and he does go, he does have kind of like a few different images and he sort of revisits them depending on his mood. Mm. So I haven't actually seen the promo pics, I just watched the videos. Um, so yeah, it doesn't surprise me they've sort of switched it up again. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's growing up as well. We spoke to him, we did a feature in Hammer and as well as the image thing, he talked about how I think he just turned 30 and his dad had been ill and he was sort of dealing with some life stuff. And so I think, you know, oh, there you go, black varsity jackets. That was kind of cool, actually. I kind of like it. The new, the new look. Yeah. And I, I think it's, um, I think they're sort of always growing and changing and doing different things. And maybe they haven't quite settled on what exactly they are. They just, they just like things they like and they play things they like. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But yeah, I'm not sure. Don't know what's going to happen next, what the album will be like. They're one of those bands I feel like has a genuinely great album in them. We just haven't heard it yet. Yeah. Like when, when they do that kind of straight ahead, Marilyn Manson meets AFI kind yeah. of sound. When I it coalesces really into a... Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, have you guys <laughs> seen the latest Corey Taylor cameo as well? I have. Corey Taylor cameo of the week. I have. Well, tell, tell the world where he's, where he's popped up this week, El. Well, UK rapper Kid Bookie asked him on Twitter if he would do something, and Corey was like, "Is yeah, that like chat. Apparently so. Wow. I don't know anything about Kid Bookie, do you? No, I didn't. I hadn't heard of him. And actually, I ended up listening. I think one of the cool things about this is I ended up listening to a lot of his stuff. Um, kind of like trap, probably a bit more trap than grime kind of vibe on there. But um, yeah, UK hip hop uh, that I hadn't heard of before. And I actually ended up listening to a ton of his stuff yesterday off the back of this Corey Taylor song, so that's quite cool. Mm. Um, what did you think of the cameo itself? I thought the Because song... on the paper, I was like, this is going to be fucking rubbish. I thought the song... <laughs> on paper. I thought the song was garbage until it got to Corey Taylor. Oh, really? And then it got to Corey Taylor, <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's cool. Like, I liked his rapping. I was a bit like, oh shit, this is going to sound really embarrassing. But no, he had that really low tone to his voice that sounded really good. He sounded like he was properly into it. And they brought in all these distorted guitars when he came in and just made it. Yeah, it's proper like, like we've gone rocky. Yeah, and I was like, I thought it was shit, but now it's good. No, I, thought that, I thought the whole track was really good. Um, I think I'd totally forgotten what a good MC Corey Taylor actually is. When he just starts going at it, it sounds really, really good. Um, yeah, I liked it. I couldn't work out what the lyrics were. I couldn't work out whether they were subversive or they were, whether they were just talking about, like, pussies. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't expecting you to say that. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> I did, well, I didn't, I didn't dig that deep into it, to be honest. I just thought it was a good, hearty banger. Yeah. I don't know if we should say this on the podcast. Why not? <laughs> Is it? We're heavy metal podcasts. What can they possibly say that's naughty? <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not reading that. <laughs> Everyone can go and look up the lyrics. 
and then read them for themselves. Wow. Read the lyric. No. Read it in the... No. <laughs> do you want me to read it out, do you? Yes, I okay. think so. Read the whole thing from <laughs> the top. From where? From the top of that, that verse. Okay. This is going to be great. I'm going to read it. In a this really is exactly how it sounds. I'm going to really read it in a really neutral voice. Yeah. Okay. I've been stuck in my ways. Ways. Feeling like... <laughs> feeling like I'm going to explode. I'm already on the verge of clutching a gauge. Gauge? <laughs> Bullet with your name on it. Or my name. Just depends how I feel on the day. Day. All this bullshit. I'm just seeing stuck. Yeah. I just want to be away. I don't even want to be around you. To tell the truth, you little shit. I can't stand you. See you sitting with a bitch. That's sick. Fat pussy. Nice tits. Suck a good dick. <laughs> I just want to be away. You puff your big weed, you shit bamboo. The type of flow make a brother go cuckoo. A little man... <laughs> that's a weird... That's a gen- I genuinely think that's an amazing lyric. A little man can't do what I can do. I'm the big dog round here. I just want to be away. Wow. There you go. And that just sounds like we're just ripping it to shreds. But again, I thought it was a really good song. So, there you go. And the next line starts 666 Misfits. So, it's metal, officially. I think, I think Corey's bit is really good. It is, like, yeah. Genuinely good. Um, but yeah, it's a really good tune. Uh, it's called Stuck In My Way by Kid Bookie featuring Corey Taylor. And um, like I said, I, I actually went to check out more Kid Bookie stuff and I imagine more fans will do that now, which is really cool. So, I'm just wondering fair play what Corey Taylor. Do next week. I know. What's he going to do next week? Yeah, Corey Taylor's coming over the it's week. It's going to be even more shocking. I know. He's going to turn up on like a reggaeton track or something. <laughs> Basically, if you want Corey Taylor to appear on your, on your song, whatever it is, just tweet him and he'll mm-hmm. do it. So, He's that's from South binding. East London. His birth name is Tyrone Hill. He's 26. Kid Brookie, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Not Corey Taylor. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, go and listen to it right now. What else is happening in the world? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> let me prepared. Let me read off this sheet. Singapore-based <laughs> black metal band Devourer have been forced to cancel a show that was due to take place in Kuala Lumpur on Easter Sunday after a complaint made by the Council of Churches of Malaysia. The council's general secretary, Rev. Dr. Herman Shastri, said. The CCM calls upon the relevant authorities to explain the basis for granting permission to such bands that promote their music by using extremely offensive and denigrated language that can hurt the religious feelings of others. I think what I love most about this is that it's kind of a somewhat sinister uh, censorship issue here, isn't it, really? A band's getting censored from playing on a certain day because so it's a religious they're from thing. Singapore. They were meant to play in Kuala Lumpur on Easter Sunday and there's been a complaint by the Council of Churches of Malaysia, so they don't want this black metal band to play on Easter Sunday. What I love most about it, though, is that at the end it says, hurt the religious feelings of others. Like, it's not even kind of like... They're not being specific, are they? Yeah, they're, they're not saying, saying, like, oh, they're, they're blasphemous. Someone's religious feelings might be. It's an outrage that they're playing, they're a disgrace to the name of God and religion, whatever. Yeah. It's just, look, they're going to hurt people's feelings. Don't yeah. let them play. Yeah. Ridiculous. Why is this still happening? I don't know. I'm just looking no. at Devourer because I don't. Are you familiar with Devourer? Absolutely not. I don't. Think Hope we don't find out they're bad people now. <laughs> controversial. I don't think they're particularly controversial on the, you know, on the scene sort of thing. Yeah. It's not like they've said anything specific. It's just the fact they're a black metal band, I suppose. Let's see. 
devour it. Easter should be for everyone, especially yeah, like especially black metal. Yeah, like obviously you wouldn't be going to see the black metal on Easter Sunday. Yeah, exactly. What you're, about everyone else? If you're deeply religious. You're not gonna be like, oh, <laughs> church, like church on metal. Anyone, they're not going out, and you know. Well, you could do both. Depends what time the service is. <laughs> This is the wrong devourer. I doubt, I doubt, I doubt the band, I doubt the band were going to play at like three pm on the, on the Sunday. <laughs> you know, yeah. or maybe they were. Who knows? Who knows? Just ignore it. Just if you don't want to go, don't go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wise, uh, wise way to live your life for everything. Or stay so at home and eat eggs. What? Stay at home and eat eggs. Yeah. While while worshiping yes. Satan. Or so. or God. Or, or God, whatever you like. Do what you want, just stop cancelling everybody. <laughs> exactly, there's enough things for everybody. Exactly. I'm still Chocolate, thinking. Satan, Jesus, you've got Easter covered, it's fine. I can't find this band anywhere online. Well, maybe that's how they want it. Yeah, maybe it is. They're super underground. They're yeah, exactly. They're not on the internet. They've still got a band. <laughs> it's controversial. Um, let's take some questions from the readers facebook.com forward slash Melhammer readers if you want to get involved uh, Joe Heaton asks are there any bands you love who often disappoint in the live environment due to poor, boring or predictable set list choices oh so it's specifically due to their set list choices yeah not so they're not bad live else. they just always play the same old shit <sighs> I well I have one that grew up like jumps to mind that it's Queens of the Stone Age when I saw them live. Oh, really? But it isn't even their set list. It's just, they're like, really boring. <laughs> <laughs> I that's not really answering Joe's question, but sure. I don't know. Like, that's the only one I can really think of. It's just like, I, actually... I guess the set list was kind of like, okay, yeah, we get it. You're just playing the songs that we all expected you to play. Yeah. Do you know what? I found that really different when I went to Queens of the Stone Age. They played a handful of the hits but then a lot of it was songs I didn't know because I'm not a super fan and they would go off on long sort of psychedelic jams so I actually found it quite different like I was a little bit bored sometimes because they were doing a jam but I wasn't bored with hits I don't know whether it's see like when I went to see them and I went with a huge group of my friends as well and we were all quite drunk and so you'd think we'd like have a whale of a time but we just we left early we were just like this is so when was it it was last it was last summer and oh, I'd, okay. I'd waited I hadn't seen them ever and I was like oh yeah Queen's of Stone Age let's go see them and I was just so disappointed it was just so bland like it was almost like they were bored like they just didn't want to bother playing live they were just like oh okay but was it the hits you were bored with or was it the same as when I saw them did they do like a proggy jam type thing I don't like, remember them mm-hmm. doing that proggy I just, I like just feel like there was no like there was just nothing going on. It was just like their faces looked bored, and right. so you just felt this like they were giving off. You weren't into it. Just they kind weren't of, into yeah, it. it was kind of just yeah. like everyone just oh okay, right, and especially they followed Iggy Pop, so mm. it was just like, and he's you know twice their age, and he's jumping around the stage and just like really captivating, and then they're just. This is a really hard question from Joe Heaton. I really can't think of. I've obviously gone to see bands and be like, oh, I wish I played that. But mm. I haven't been see bands where I'm like, I can really, really fault the choices. I've got exactly. one really obvious yeah. one for me. Um, on. I think I said it before, Ozzy Osbourne. Right. I've seen him about six or seven times solo. And 
apart from when he brought Shot in the Dark back into the set, which is quite cool because he hadn't played that for a while, it's literally the same songs. He even plays the same selection of Sabbath songs every time he plays. Um, uh, and the worst thing about it is nowadays, um, get well soon, Ozzy, by the way, obviously, uh, he has Zach Wilde do like a 10 minute jam of all the wicked um, early Zach Wilde era songs that I wish Ozzy would play, mm. uh, which kind of rubs it in because he doesn't, he doesn't properly play them and Ozzy doesn't sing on them. Um, yeah, Ozzy always plays the same stuff, like literally always. And to be honest, uh, as much as I don't like to say it because I think when they're on it, they're one of the best live bands in the world. Um, Limp Biscuit are quite predictable. Yeah, yeah. They tend to come on and play one of the absolutely massive songs, and then I follow up with another one of the massive songs, and then they play f- shitty fucking covers, and it yeah. does my head in. I don't need to hear them play Heart Shaped Box anymore. Oh, it's a terrible song. For, not a terrible song, but it's a terrible choice of a cover for them to play. And um, I'd love it if they just dropped more really, really rare stuff. Which I think, to be fair to them, they might have done at that small way like they did the other week. But you I about, wasn't there, so... You talking about covers, it's just remind me of something important about the Papa Roach show that I didn't mention. They covered... Oh, cool. We didn't fi- talk about that enough, sorry. They covered Firestarter. <laughs> really? Yeah. Ah! Oh. For the encore. And, um... Did they bring Rob up on stage for that? Not that I noticed. Oh, okay. Just them. I was just wondering if they might have done something like that. No, yeah. and um, they were playing it, and Jacob was like, you know, lots of love to Keith sort of thing. That's and he did awesome. A little, um, did a little speech afterwards. He said he'd looked up statistics on suicide, and uh, men were two, like two-thirds of the suicides, and how, you know, what was going on with men, and we needed to sort ourselves out and, like, talk and open up and express our feelings. And Again, like, coming from him, he's had a lot of problems in the past. It's... It does mean something. It's not just somebody like spouting shit. Yeah, he actually knows what he's talking about. Um, awesome. And that was really good. It was very clean sounding. It was very I was going to say, yeah. with, all, with all the best attention in the world, was it a bit weird? Cause I'm it not... was a bit weird. It was very clean. It was like a clean radio rock version, whereas like, the original is quite dirty, isn't it? Yeah, but and heavy they... as well. You can't really recreate that bass. But it was funny because, again, they had this amazing light show when they came on and they had like all these sort of like bright sort of orange-red lights and then they had sort of the beat coming in and like the bass and I was like it sounds like the prodigy and then it just started and everyone was really into it and it was a really nice tribute actually it was it came from a good place and I thought it was done well good for them yeah excellent just thought throw that in there that's fine <laughs> I'm all about Papa Roach today um, yeah I don't have one sorry Joey and I can't think of one I'm boring <laughs> I'm disappointed in your predictable answer yeah exactly if I think of one next time bring it up Fine. Someone, someone, another question. I was just about to suggest exactly that. Hayden Brown asks, if the Almighty Sabbath were ever to do a one-off gig somewhere, where would they play and what would be the set? I guess if we're choosing this, because we don't really know. Birmingham. <laughs> yeah, I think Birmingham. Yeah. I'd love it if it was a, um, a, like they did in 2012 when they played the, uh, the O2 uh, Academy, which is kind of like a 2,500 venue. I disagree. Place. I think I if they're going to do a one-off show, they should do it in Birmingham and they should do it in some kind of like city park and make yeah. it like a free event where like people can do a ticket lottery and like go and have a big celebration. Yeah, or then something. you get loads of dickheads there. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to say to that. Don't you think it'd be nice if they did like a free kind of concert in the city that they come from? Well, like, I'm more likely to get a ticket if they do that. But well, I've seen them be a in a smaller venue. It'd be like a Rage Against the Machine and the Hyde Park thing. We have to apply uh, yeah. or something. Well, I that, I think that I would cool. rather something intimate and 
crazy in but the spirit of mental. But for your own benefits. Yes, because it's my choice. Okay. <laughs> what about yours? I know it'd be cool to see them do something in the middle of the city. I think just something really big. I think so too, yeah, like a big statement yeah. of like, "Hey, we came from here." This just is literally like just in it's the for street people. or something. Yeah, like, that'd be nice. Yeah. Birmingham Town you know, Centre. How yeah. would happen? But you know, why not? Why not? Indeed. This is a good question. Who wants to do this one? Alice, do you want to do this one? Yes. It's definitely not a hastily tap. We're reading off our phones today because the fucking printer isn't working in the office. <laughs> Just to give you an idea of the glam that we have here at Hammer Towers. Um, so Ben Wilmot asks uh, if, this is so good. if the Metal Hammer office had to form a band, um, who would play what instrument? This is amazing. Can we pick our own? So six of us. Well, I think we all have to kind of agree on one. We have to agree on it. So there's six of us, isn't there? There's us three, Jonathan, who's on the podcast sometimes, and then there's Vanessa, our production editor, and Louise, art editor. So how does this work? Vanessa's the most organised. Yeah. So let's do her first. What's the most organised instrument? Well, that's drumming, isn't it? Tour manager. A tour, yeah. <laughs> Vanessa should definitely be tour manager. She's the one... She hate us saying that. She's, she's, she's so organised, and she's the one where if we're at a festival and we need to get back to our hotel or get back to London or something, she'll be on the phone booking taxis and we'll yeah. all just be like stumbling around going, Being oh, I've lost my shoe or yeah. I need another drink or I need a wee or something or yeah. I'm hungry. Definitely. And Vanessa will like call the taxis and then she'll have brought snacks with her or something and she'll like give them out. And Brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so Vanessa's tour manager. Definitely. I think Jonathan... What's the most He needs to do something eccentric. <laughs> he needs to do a theremin or something. Yes, Jonathan on theremin, definitely. <laughs> and like, you know how when men are James Keenan play, sometimes he'll just be at the back, like encased in lights and all mysterious. Yeah, and have a wig. So you can have this kind of like, Jonathan could just kind of like be in the corner of the stage with like smoke billowing around him <laughs> and red definitely. light. You never actually see him, you just sometimes hear this. It's just a mysterious presence. And it almost, it would almost take you to another plane. Yeah. We've established none of us can play guitar, so I guess that's Louise. Yeah. <laughs> Just makes sense. Um, so we've got three people left. Someone else needs to be a guitarist, I guess. Or a bass player. Well, you, bass you said you can play guitar already a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sort of has to be you. Well, only if Louise does the rhythm and strings the whole thing together, so I just try and play shitty solos over the top. Yeah, off. we could do that, definitely. Okay, I'll yeah. take that. Yeah. So one of you has to be the singer and one of you has to be the drummer. I want to be the singer. <laughs> <laughs> but I also want to be the drummer. Told you, yeah, 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 yeah. I also want to be the drummer. Can I be a singing drummer like Mastodon? Well, then what's Alice going to do? Bass. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we fucked that. I want to be a singing drummer like a Mastodon. Well, so you're just sat at the back singing? Yeah, because I really love singing. And yeah, yeah Mastodon have three singers. Well, you guys can sing as well. Oh, yeah. okay, thanks. I'd quite like Already to dishing sing. out roles. So I'm else. not good at singing, but I really love <laughs> it. And also, I've got um, a practice kit in my house, which I meant to play ages ago and haven't really played, but I can play Troll Hammer and by Finn Troll. On the drums? Yeah. That's, that's the only, actually that's quite the cool. thing I ever learned. I had lessons for like two months and then just got busy and gave up, which is terrible. Amazing. But yeah, I'd, if I could actually learn to play the drums, I'd love to be a singing drummer. You like karaoke, don't you? I love karaoke. I love singing. Wow, there you go. You could have something on my voice to make it good, so I'd like sing the words and then it would just get distorted into something that would be my <laughs> Okay, so that, that, there's the Metal Hammer house band. Are you alright with that, Alice? Bass? Do you like bass? Um, you know, I don't 
really mind. I've always wanted to be a front woman, but I'm a little bit too like, oh, I'd have to get drunk to do it because I do a lot That's of stuff and like singing and stuff. I love it, but I only ever really do it when I'm drunk. Well, I'll I'm be just singing a drummer too, and you can be a singing bassist. And then we'll have little moments where we come out and just sing by ourselves as well. <laughs> and who's going to be drumming? Maybe it'll be like an acoustic song. You haven't thought this song. Yeah, for an acoustic song. Yeah. <laughs> You're not doing acoustic songs. Maybe um, a heavy acoustic song. So last time at Home House Band for you. We need um, a name. Eleanor on... Oh, Hammer Lads. Okay. That's Hammer Lads, the house band. Eleanor on drums and vocals. Me on the guitar and vocals. <laughs> Alex <laughs> on bass and vocals, uh, Jonathan on therapy, <laughs> and Louise on rhythm guitar, and Vanessa is tour manager. Brilliant. Done. I think it would work. It, Someone book us. It would do something like, Jesus, please don't. Um, Jason Dorst asks Why are bands who sound like Black Sabbath praised, while bands who sound like Led Zeppelin get chastised? Chastised. Chastised. So, um, I guess, like, what, so, like, Greta Van Fleet, a bit more Led Zeppelin y, so everyone's worshipping at, at them. Whereas a lot of bands like Black Sabbath, I guess, we're talking sludgier, doomier bands, people aren't so bothered. Yeah. Is that what yeah. we're saying in, in a mainstream capacity? Yeah, I think if a Doom band comes out and they just sound like they've been rehashing tiny Iomi riffs, they do probably get a bit of a free pass. Whereas bands like Greta Van Fleet and others get a pasting because they do just sound like Led Zeppelin. No, he's saying it the other way around. Oh, no, yeah. he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So I everyone loves exactly. Sabbath bands, everyone yeah. hates Zeppelin bands. Yeah. Um, I don't know, why is that? I think, I don't know if that's true, but I maybe it's just in the sort of metal community because Led Zeppelin aren't as metal. They're more like mainstream, rocky sounding. Mm. Like, obviously, they've done some heavier songs and there's an influence there, but like, obviously, like Sabbath are known for sort of creating metal, right? So mm-hmm. it's heavier. So it's taken more seriously from the metal community's point of view anyway. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I just think if you like it, listen to it. Yeah. I don't like Led Zeppelin quite enough to carry the way for Greta Van Fleet, so... But there are plenty of doobie bands out there who do just rip off Tony Iommi, and you think, that's nice. Mm that's nice <laughs> maybe more of those bands take it into weird and interesting places though than yeah. the Led Zeppelin mm. bands because you can go a long way with a doomy sound you can go into yeah it's got so much heavier like these days so if you're taking that as a riff and sort of adding more to it then look at the whole of Desert Fest it's yeah. all like built off bands who probably like Sabbath but all the bands on the bill every year are all very different you get like mm. the heavier side of things the mm. more floaty side of things yeah. <laughs> yeah floaty doom yeah but it's all it's all different isn't it I don't have the lineups in front of me but maybe there's just more diversity in the subgenre of doom than there is in the subgenre of rock, rock and roll Led <laughs> Zeppelin influenced rock and roll yeah I don't know I'm just throwing things out there you don't have to agree I just don't think it, I think they do get taken seriously because Greta Van Fleet is a prime example of that I mean they're really successful so I don't think it's completely true I think as well if you if you if you play doom metal there's a glass ceiling there but Greta Van Fleet are fucking massive so I guess everyone kind of feels more compelled to have an opinion on it because they're they're so big so it's like there's this massive band what's everyone think of them and so if you like Led Zeppelin then you don't like the idea of someone just nicking that sound and making a success of it 
it's probably going to rub some people up the wrong way, but I, I don't really care. I still play that first Airborne album all the time, and people gave them the same shit for ripping off um, ACDC. So, whatevs, whatevs, whatevs. Am I doing a question? Well, I can do another one, I don't care. Simon Briggs asks, what album, the moment you put it on, chills you right out? Mm. Wow, uh, I don't know. I do, should I go first? Sunday, running a nice <laughs> bath, got some candles on. <laughs> what are you putting on? I was going to pick the ones I fall asleep to, which I have a rotation of records I fall asleep to, because I've got tinnitus, so I don't like falling asleep to silence. I like Barren Earth's first album. Fucking hell, okay. Curse of the Red River. Yeah, it's a great album, but it's more, a bit more intense than I was expecting. No, but it's not. It's like, I don't know, it's quite... It's doom metal. It's quite dreamy. It's almost like this dream... It is, it's like sort of grandiose doom in this kind of dreamy way that just makes me feel really mm. chilled out and it's very sort of regal, some of it, and it's sort of a bit opeffy and it's great and I love it and I like to put it on and just have a little sleep. But talking of Opeth, I also like Opeth's Damnation. Yeah, a lot of Opeth stuff puts me straight to sleep. No! <laughs> Why would you say that? What? Damnation, if you don't know, was the companion album to Deliverance. Deliverance was the heavy one and Damnation was the quieter one. And Damnation really chills me out. It's just a really lovely record. I also like Enigma, which is a bit of a curveball. They've got an album called... Who? A band called Enigma. Don't know them. They've got an album called... How do you pronounce King in French? Ra? Roy? Ra, Roy. How's it spelled? R O I. It's in Ra- one of the song songs Roy. actually. I think it's Leroy. Yeah, Roy. something like that. It's they actually say it in one of the songs, but I don't know how to pronounce it. They've got an album called Leroy Amor, The King Is Dead, Enigma. That's a really good record. It's like probably not what people would expect from if we're choosing metal records. It's definitely not metal, but it's kind of like a heavy ambient slash world music type of record and that always like sends me into dreamland nice and i also wow. like the casualties of cool record devon towns m1 that's not a sleep music one that's just one where you can put it on in a nice chill day and it's very chilled out probably my top choices there wow yeah. excellent choices anything come to mind Alice? Um, it depends on what mood I'm in, because sometimes to chill me out, I need something really, really like fast and heavy if I'm stressed. Really? Weirdly, yeah. It wow. like, does the opposite. It's like, oh, it's getting my rage out for me, mm. sort of thing. Um, so, I don't know, something like death metal would be helpful in that situation. Wow. Um, I particularly like Carcass, Hartwick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a good record. It's really good. And it's very I, I nice, just kind of like. Relaxing bath. Yes. Yes, and I'm really angry. (laughs) Whenever I'm angry, it helps, you know. But like, if I want to just really chill, and I'm already in a sort of chilled place, like I'd always go to something like more folky or like a cult rocky. Um. So, off the top of my head, what would I go to? Um. I don't even know. Like Mirka, obviously. I, just I was thinking, I was, I was actually going to say Mirka. And um, <laughs> I also love stuff like Blood Ceremony and oh, cool. that kind of stuff. Graveyard, anything like that. And um, I also really love Acid Bath as well. No way. Yeah. Talk about Acid Bath. Yeah, we're talking about For an upcoming special thing we're doing in really? Middle Hammer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, 
They're great. Um, I love Pagan Taurus. That's the song. That song. Every time I get chills. So I could totally just repeat, like put that on repeat in a bar. Like, so oh, that album's not on Spotify. I've got another one. I know, really no, they, they have nothing on Spotify. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you, I, I was about to say, if you haven't heard of Acid Bath, just a fucking amazing sludge band from the 90s that have just mm-hmm. gone AWOL. I've got uh, another one that on I think Spotify. you'll agree with, If Alice. you can find one of their CDs or something, go and listen to it, because it's great. So good. Another one you'll agree with, Alice in Chains Unplugged. Yes. Obviously, oh my God, best album yeah. ever. I, would, I, actually I, actually listen, on, I actually do listen to that in the bath. Yes. That is a good one. I actually re like rediscovered my copy of that the other week. So good. Playing it in the car. So good. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I was because I was just, what I was going to say was I don't really tend to go for rock music when I want to really relax and decompress. Um, uh, but that is a change album is amazing. Um, I like kind of really light melodic electronica. So I love like if I want to just really relax and just chill out of it uh, I'll put on something by Dead Mouse or um, George Fitzgerald um, I've been really good jamming Tourist recently uh, so yeah that's all really nice stuff Bonobo that kind of really light um, flowery electronica I also like the first Paris album Paris with a video I listened to that for the White first noise. time in fucking ages the other I always day, put actually. that on if I so need, good if it's like a Saturday morning and I've just got up and I'm being lazy and I'm just kind of doing nothing. That first Paris album is my album. Yeah, beautiful album. Uh, one more question. Anyone want to ask it in particular? Mm-hmm. I can ask it. My phone. Oh, I'll do it. Uh, Oliver <laughs> Morley asks, "You're making a festival in the UK. Who are your three headliners?" I'm going to add a little rule to this. No. Yes. No rules. Yes, I am. Um, the the headliners have to be of a reasonably similar size, so you can't have like. You know, Merca and Iron Maiden okay. headlining different Well, mine days. are really obvious. Can I guess? Yeah. Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Deftones. <gasps> it wasn't. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't them, but I definitely want them on it. Perfect oh. Circle. Shit, I didn't even think of them. I'm booking your Shit. festival better than you. <laughs> oh, no. Go on, what's your, what, what is yours? My name? initial ones was Nine Inch Nails, Tool and Ramstein. I was going to say Tool. Because they're all mega bands, but Deftones and Perfect Circle I would definitely want on there. I mean, if you booked Nine Inch Nails, Tool and Ramstein to headline a festival, the amount of fishnet sales would go up in that area. I also want Deftones and Perfect Circle, because if Maynard's there already, he could, just do, he could just do Perfect Circle. They'd be solid sub yeah. headlines, all those bands. That, that's my dream. If that festival Sick. happened, on as well. Elves <gasps> Ultimate. I'm actually gonna like my mental There. I booked yours. And well, Alice in Chains. Yeah, sure. I'm I just gonna be that. sick out of excitement. Your, your festival at lineup is basically like the dream of like 2002. That's okay, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I've picked some contemporary bands as well. So can they be oh. can they be dead? Can they be like a Yeah, uh, yeah holograms. Good question. Ooh. Why? What would yours be? Like, oh I don't know. I was just thinking like a lot of bands from the early 90s that I'm into, uh, either disbanded or band members are gone. Or like who? Pantera. Mm-hmm. Or, um, Would you book Alice a Pantera tribute thing? Mm-hmm. Alice and Chase is still going. Yes, but it's not oh. me. We've had this, we've had this <laughs> argument already, because I, I love them, all the records, and like, I like, William I is like really German, Alice isn't into it. I like them more modern stuff, but it's just not lame, it's not the same. I love it. Would you book now, would you be interested to see the classic idea of a Pantera lineup, but with just Phil Rex and two people kind of paying tribute. I mean, it could work if it was like 
good people, like maybe part of Down or something. Yeah, that'd be the obvious one, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So yours would be nice. No, what are yours? Mine? Um, maybe Rob Zombie as well would be in mine. Oh, I want him in mine. <laughs> he's booked, he's I'm booked. Alice booked him. <laughs> no, I want him in Marilyn Manson as well. Yours is so like specified to a certain audience. <laughs> and I want new bands like Three Teeth and Sleep Token and Port Noir. Sleep Token would stick out on that bill. I'm just saying new bands I like. All right. Well, they only asked for headlines, so there. Um, this actually makes me a bit sad because I was going to say The Prodigy and then I'm like, oh, I wouldn't be like with it. Uh, so now, maybe I would book The Prodigy. If they were up for doing it, maybe I'd book The Prodigy for one-off Keith tribute thing, maybe. I still don't know how I feel about that, though, to be honest. But I'd, I'd definitely book Maiden doing the Legacy of the Beast tour uh, set. Um, I'd probably book Metallica doing a 90s rarities set which not very many people would probably want to come to. And fuck, who'd the other one be? Um, 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 oh, fucking Guns N' Roses, because I just want to see them again and again and again with the current lineup. It's very so Merlin lineup. Yeah, a bit predictable, but it would sell out straight away. So there. Uh, that's it for this week's, uh, I'm going to say issue then, because I was going to say, uh, you've got one more week to pick up the Ramstein issue. Week, yeah, I know. What? I'm messing around. It can't so you've only got one more week to pick up your uh, Ramstein issue, brand new interviews with members of the band, producers, collaborators, all the rest of it, 25 pages of Ramstein. If you're excited about the new album and the tour, you need to get this issue in your life. Uh, if you're in the UK, you only got about one more week to pick it up um, and make the use of your awesome heavy metal fridge magnets that come in there. <gasps> the satanic fridge magnets! We're still getting people tweeting us their ridiculous com- uh, combinations, so keep doing it don't forget to put poems up about your lacerated bumhole guys exactly (laughs) how many body parts have you got into this week's podcast Uh, we will see you all next week look after yourselves happy bank holiday enjoy the weather eat chocolate hail satan eggs (laughs) Bye. bye bye